Today's lesson is titled, Holy Heroes, and the encouragement is going to be for you to consider yourself as a hero because you are set apart to serve God's purpose, and that makes you holy. And if you serve God's purpose, you will be a hero. So be a holy hero. God has called you and he commands you to be holy in in all things, in everything you do, to be holy. If you accept this mission, you are And you will be a holy hero. Last week, we discussed this idea that we we added to the idea that God makes us holy. And that with his help, our purpose is then to maintain that holiness by growing in Christ and sharing the good news. That's the definition of holiness the definition of his purpose, I think, is wrapped up, and in, in, in we looked at the scriptures to consider this that I posed. It, you know, maintain your holiness. That's what you're to do as a, one who has been set apart. Maintain that holiness and also declare. You've been set apart for a purpose, and that purpose is to declare with your life, with your example, and with your lips, with your voice, to declare the excellencies of, of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So let us consider that, and as we think about this definition that we've been going through over and over again with holiness and what it means to be holy, today we're just going to kind of put a face to it, or several faces to it. We have four examples of people who were holy, and so we're going to call them holy heroes. They were common, ordinary, normal people. People who then gave themselves over to God and his purpose and lived for him. And that made them heroes, heroes of faith, examples for us to follow. So number one is Moses. And so if you want to read about Moses, you can turn back to Acts or you can turn to a spot. I said Acts. I jumped ahead in my mind a little quick. Crud, I thought I was being so sly. Deceived myself. (laughs) You'd usually jump back to Exodus, but we're going to start in Acts. So go to Acts chapter 7, verse number 22. Now, in Acts chapter 7, this is Stephen speaking. And mind you, if you look back into the context, this is a guy who was full of the Holy Spirit. He spoke through the Holy Spirit. Um... So this, as we listen to Stephen speaking, don't consider this his words. These are, in fact, the very words of God. He recounted how Moses was saved from death in in the river, carried out by a basket, brought up by Pharaoh's daughter. And then he says, Acts chapter 7, verse number 22. Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians, and he was a man of power in words and deeds. But when he was approaching the age of 40, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. And when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. And he supposed... And this is the key verse. This is why we're, we're using this passage from Acts. It reveals a lot right here. And he supposed, verse 25, 
that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. So now listen to this. Here is Moses. As a young, younger man, we're going to find out in a minute here his actual age when this happened that Exodus didn't reveal. But he was, he was supposing he was going to deliver his people. Listen to it again, verse 25. And he supposed, he understood, his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him. But they did not understand. Let's continue on. Verse 26. On the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting together. And he tried to reconcile them in peace, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you injure one another? But the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? You do not mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? At this remark, Moses fled and became an alien in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. So consider this. Pause for a second with me now. So Moses, he had this passion for delivering his people. You're God's people. We read that in verse 25. It was in him. That's what he desired to do. He thought his people would understand that. But he had that passion for serving God's purpose, but he ran when resistance came. So he ran into a problem. He probably felt real good about himself one day, and then the next day when he finds out somebody saw him kill somebody, and that they weren't happy about it, they weren't saying, oh, you're so wonderful, you're going to deliver us. Uh, instead, they kind of threat, who are you? You're going to kill me like you killed the other guy? He takes off and he runs. So at this remark, Moses fled and became an alien in the land of Midian, where he became a father to two sons. Verse 30 says, after 40 years had passed, after 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning bush, thorn bush. Then Moses saw, when Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. And as he approached to look more closely, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Moses shook with fear and would not venture to look. But the Lord said to him, take off the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, and I have heard their groans, and I have come down to rescue them. Come now, and I will send you to Egypt. So he has grown up. He was 40 years old when this event took place in Egypt. He killed the man. He killed the Egyptian. Then he, when he was discovered, he ran off. So 40 years later, and this would be the age when he was 80, that's when God appears to him at the burning bush. So on the outline, with my example of, notice, of Moses, letter A, we have this fact that first of all, Moses had a passion for serving God's purpose. That was when he was the younger Moses, age 40, 
but he ran away when resistance came. He took off. And maybe that was the wise thing to do. Pharaoh might have put him to death for killing an Egyptian. But then we see when God called him back, and we see this calling of God, the scene at the burning bush, 40 years later, now he's 80 years old, he forgot his power and was reluctant to serve God's purpose. So we're about to flip back to Exodus, but look again at verse number 22. 40-year-old Moses. This is describing him. Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians and was a man of power in word and deeds. He was a man of power. He had a passion for using that power for God's purpose. He wanted to free God's people. He wanted to deliver them. That was 40 years old. It's pretty impressive. Good job, Moses. But he had that issue, had a little problem, took off. 40 years later when God comes to him, he's forgotten who he is. He was a man of power. Now 40 years later at the burning bush... We're going to see how he responds. So flip back to Exodus. And this is probably a familiar little sermon right within, the, within a sermon. You've probably heard this one before. But look at Exodus chapter 3 verses 10 through 13. This is the, at the burning bush. Therefore come now and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt. But he said, certainly I will be with you. This is God speaking. I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that I have sent you. That when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, behold, I am going to the sons of Israel and will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, but. Now they may say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Okay, so here is the beginning of this call, a long conversation at the, it, that Moses has with a burning bush. He should have been scared to death and just should have said, yes, sir. But instead he says, you know, he, the first thing he says is, verse 11, who am I? Does that sound, you know, 40 years prior to that, Moses had said, All right, I'm going to do something. I think the people are ready for me to deliver them. We're going to get them out of Egypt. We're going to save them from the the Egyptian bondage, slavery. He was bold. But now in verse 11 of Exodus 3, who am I? He's kind of forgotten his power in word and deeds. He has forgotten who he was, or really who he is, who God called him to be. He had a picture when he was 40 years old of what he could do for God's people. And now 40 years later, after he had had a setback and a long period of time, he's forgotten who he was. So when God called him back, he forgot his power and was reluctant to serve God's purpose. Am I overstating the fact? Well, let's look at chapter 4, verse number 1. Some verses from chapter 4 of Exodus. Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? 
For they may say the Lord has not appeared to you. So God talked him through that. All right, well, let's address that. Now to verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. For I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Now this is perplexing to me, and I really don't know what to do with this, because Stephen was clear, filled with the Holy Spirit. He said when Moses was 40 years old, that he was a man of power in word and deed. You know, and maybe the power of his word wasn't necessarily how he spoke, or maybe he did have a speech impediment. A lot of people think that. Maybe he stuttered. Who knows what? But still, even in spite of that, maybe it's something developed after. Maybe it's something he developed because of his situation in Egypt. Maybe he had some PTSD and went out into the desert and developed a speech impediment. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. But. I know the fact that what he was when he was 40, he was a man of power in word and deed. And now 40 years later, he's saying, I can't talk. I can't do anything. He's trying everything he can do to get out of what God is calling him to do. God's saying, I'm setting you apart. I want you to go serve my purpose. And Moses is saying, um... You know, weaseling his way out of it as much as he can. He's trying, he's trying to try and to present excuses. Excuse, excuse. And God says, that's no excuse, that's no excuse, that's no excuse. I'm going to be with you. We can do this. Come on. Get it together. You're the one. I'm calling you. I'll help you. You'll survive. You can do this. Verse 13. Exodus 4. Moses here, finally. But he said... Please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. In other words, send it by anybody else but me. Anybody but me, Lord. Okay, talking to a burning bush, God's talking to him saying, you're going to go. No, not me. Anybody but me. Forty years earlier, as a man full of power and word and deed, he had put down one of the Egyptians and buried him because he thought that the people would accept him as being a deliverer for the people. And now he's saying, no, not me. Big change has taken place. And so I want to look at this and just consider, and we know he ends up saying, okay, okay, I'll go. And and he, then finally he steps up. Though he was reluctant, he steps up to the task. I don't mention that. In the, you guys know the story, though. He does a great job. So good job, Moses. But what we can learn from Moses. So here in your outline, uh, what we can learn, number one, you can fill in the blanks here because I think you have blanks. Number one, you can be set apart to serve God's purpose at any age. You know, in Moses, his example is age 40 and age 80. He lives all the way up to age 120, 40, 40, 40. You know, he's got three periods in his life. You can serve God's purpose at any age. God calls you to be holy. You can step up to the task and you can serve him if you are willing. So serve God. 
Be set apart to serve God's purpose at any age. So at any age, be holy. Be holy. Number two, passion for God's purpose can be reignited. And I think we all probably go through this at times that we're, as we go through life, we're, there's a point where we're just like, hey, I can do this. I'm on fire for the Lord God and Whatever God calls me to do, you step up to the task and you're willing and you're anxious and you have that fire for doing God's will in your life. And then time passes. Maybe you spend your own kind of 40 years in the desert and you kind of forget who you are. God's, and if that's you today, God's coming along and he's saying you can reignite that passion. You can reignite in your life a desire to serve me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all of your strength. You can love me and serve me. You can do that. Just like God took Moses, who had forgotten who he was, and kind of worked with him and made some concessions with him and helped him and provided for him the helper that he needed with Aaron And the miracles, the power that he gave him, I'm not saying you're going to get miracles. We don't need them. We got love. That's even better. When we love the Lord God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we start loving others, God can grow in us in that regard. We can be more like Christ Jesus in that regard from day to day. So reignite that passion. Let God reignite that passion in you so you can serve his purpose wholly and fully. You know, and there, there are some people here today who remember when this church was probably very full of people. And you're kind of, you look back at those days and you're kind of like, yeah, that was then. And, you know, and you, you think, oh, I wish it could be like it was in the past. You know, and it's a reminiscing kind of thing. But you kind of forgotten that you're a part of that, that we're a part of that. And God can do that still today through us. And that is God's desire. If God can take this shepherd who was out in the wilderness shepherding sheep in lonely mountains where the, you know, it's just hardly any vegetation. He's got sheep out there at Mount Sinai. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> God takes this guy and delivers the people Israel through him. It's just a wonderful thought what God can do with the common man. An everyday normal person, that's who he thought he was. But God came along in him and says, nope, I'm going to make you into something bigger and better. I'm going to serve my purpose through you. And we tend, number three, we tend to be reluctant, don't we? Uh, Somebody else. But God will be with you. That was God's first response when Moses is a little reluctant. Um, verse 11, who am I? This is Exodus 3. Verse, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And God's response is, certainly I will be with you. That's pretty, that's good enough, isn't it? If God is for us, who can be against us? This is sufficient, is that God is with us. He has promised to be with us. We tend to be reluctant. We think it's somebody else 
who can do this or that or the other. And, you know, me, I'm just not fit for doing any particular thing. And I'm just, let the big stuff be for somebody else. No, God can do big stuff through all of us. If we just simply decide that we are going to serve His purpose with all that we are. All of our being. This is the only thing that matters to us in our lives. We have to, this is the struggle. We have to remind ourselves of this daily. Is to, I, I think the passage um, from 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 that was read it, be, be holy in everything. And all that you do, be holy. And it's like, well, when I'm doing the laundry, I forget that I'm supposed to be being holy in all of that. When I'm putting up Christmas lights, it's very easy to forget that I'm supposed to be holy while I'm doing that. Um, so that's the struggle is every day as you, we go through these things and we just, we're all in for Jesus and it's all important for him. But then we don't get caught up in all of the little things just doing life. It's that while we do life, we find ways to reveal God's glory to others. We find ways to tell somebody, I'm just thankful for Jesus who died for me on that cross because otherwise I couldn't make it through this life. We find ways to talk about, yeah, that's so tragic what happened in western Kentucky. All the lives that are lost. I pray that they had given their lives to Jesus so they can have life eternal beyond this one because this life just stinks sometimes. We vocalize, we share the good news as we go through everyday normal life. So, we tend to be reluctant, but God will be with you. God can help you find ways to share the good news with others. As you live a holy life, you can share his goodness with others. And don't be one of those folks who always talks about Jesus and you look at their life and you're like, I don't want to be like that. They're, you know, they can talk about Christ all the time and claim to be a Christian, but they live worse than most of the people that I know claim to, don't even know if there is a God. It's a terrible thing. Be holy and speak the truth, the good news of Jesus. All right. Number four, don't let past failures hinder future success. I might be understating the case that Moses had a past failure when he killed a man and was found out and probably had to run for his life. Maybe I'm understating that a little bit. But the point is he had a setback and then he gave up for 40 years. And I think God used that 40 years to help him grow and develop and mature in ways that, that are kind of explicit in being a shepherd and shepherding his people out of Egypt. But at the same time, we can't let failure stop us from moving forward and believing that God has a purpose for us and we are going to serve that purpose. I messed up, but I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow. We made that point last week. Don't let past failures hinder future success. God is with you. You might have failed once, but next time it's going to be a little better. Number five, don't overthink things. Take action. Here was Moses, God speaking to him in a burning bush. How many of you wish God would come speak to you and just uh, pour it all out? 
Well, he has. Good book here, right in the letters. You know, he has spoken to us, and that's all we need. But sometimes we just get this vision that, you know, if God would just speak to me. Well, Moses, here he was, God speaking to him. And instead of just taking action, doing what God called him to do, he was like, well, what, but wait, what if, what if, who am I, you know. And then if they do that, and these people I've dealt with, you know, and, and I, besides that, I got this little uh, thing with my talking, you know, so it's all kinds of overthinking stuff. God says, do something, go do something, take action. We start thinking about, well, what if I can't follow through? What if I can't finish? What if I can't do, well, what what if I'm not the person? What if I'm not suited for this? What if, what if, what if God calls you to do something, do it, take action. And number six, as I look at Moses and the verses we've already looked at, I just want, this is probably the main point why we're talking about um, heroes, holy heroes, if I can remember my sermon title, holy heroes, is that this, a holy hero is just this. Number six, God uses ordinary um let me see. I, I think I changed it around what I wanted to do. No, that's uses he uses ordinary common people. Uses ordinary common people like a shepherd. Somebody who's walking around leading sheep to a place to eat, place to drink. Doesn't sound too complex, does it? He uses ordinary common people like a shepherd. That's what Moses was at the time he called him at the burning bush to serve his purpose. Ordinary. Common people, God sets you apart, does something with you so that you can serve his purpose. Everyday heroes, holy heroes. If you decide you're going to be holy in your life, following God's plan and his instruction, taking action in what he calls you to do and what he calls you to be, you will be a holy hero and you will serve his purpose. Moses is that kind of an example. It's kind of, you know, you look at him, well, he grew up under the greatness of Pharaoh and all that teaching and education and power and influence. So he wasn't really common and ordinary, was he? Well, after 40 years in the wilderness, he was, that was probably part of the teaching that he needed was to, hey, don't think too highly of yourself. You're just a common, common everyday person. Now go serve my purpose. So he is a good example of this. Humility, ready to go serve and do what God calls him to do. So Moses is our first example. Now, number two. I just got three quick examples to add to uh, these thoughts here. Tabitha. You know, Tabitha, when you think of heroes in the Bible, you don't think of Tabitha, but I think she was a holy hero. In Acts chapter 9, verse 36, it says this. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. 
So here is this, this neat thing. Here is a, it's a disciple named Tabitha. Translated, it's Dorcas. You know, how could anybody be a great hero when their name is Dorcas? It just, it just sounds bad to us in the English language, right? But she was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. She was continually taking action, serving others and loving others. And you can see then as you keep reading on, she died and there were all these people whose lives she had affected that she was a hero to because she had served them and cared for them and used her time and efforts to create things that would help those in need. And this disciple was honoring Christ and all those people I know are going to know the name of Christ because that's who she was. She was a disciple, verse 36. A disciple, a follower of Jesus who carried out the following of Jesus in her daily actions. She continually did good, had kind deeds, took care of others in the name of Christ. She's a common everyday person who was a holy hero. She was set apart to serve God's purpose and she did it well. Number three, our third example, after Moses and after Tabitha comes another one, Onesimus. Onesimus. And you got to turn to Philemon to learn about Onesimus. So right before the big book of Hebrews is a letter that Paul wrote to a man, Philemon. This man was a believer in Jesus Christ. And Philemon had a slave, and that slave's name was Onesimus. And my suspicion is that Onesimus, the slave, had heard Paul talking and teaching Philemon, and he has heard about all of this teaching, heard about Jesus, and he has run away from his master. Onesimus runs away from Philemon and goes and finds Paul in prison. That's my impression of what has happened. Because verse, because look at verse number 10 now. Philemon, verse 10, it says, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and me. I have sent him back to you in person, that is, sending my very heart, whom I wish to keep with me, so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. And here is a wonderful example. This guy, Onesimus, was a slave. Uh, he's not just a slave. He was a useless slave. He's ran away from his master. And now Paul, he's, he's ran to Paul, though, and learned the gospel and obeyed the gospel. He whom I have begotten in my imprisonment. He has become a child of God in Paul's imprisonment. And now after that, this useless slave is now useful. And I believe the name Onesimus means useful. Common everyday person. He was just a slave owned by somebody else. And God comes along and takes this guy and brings him to Jesus. 
through his servant Paul. Paul converts him and now he is useful. A common, ordinary person who is now useful to God. A servant of Jesus Christ. Ordinary people serving the purpose of Christ. Number four, we have Peter. Peter, we can read about him in Luke chapter 5. There was the incident where Jesus was on the shore. He tells some fishermen to go out, cast on the other side. And they're like, no, we've been fishing all night. It's not going to work. And so they go out and do it, and they bring in this big hole. And now in Luke chapter 5, verses 8 through 11, here is the fisherman. But when Simon Peter saw that he, when, when Simon, and this is when they saw the boats begin to sink, I should clarify. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For amazement had seized him and all of his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear from now on, you will be catching men. Uh, you guys, do I need to make any adjustments up here for the sound? We're trying to figure out the sound. A little bit of a, I don't, I don't know if people online can hear, but if, you, if it's a little bit of an issue, it's, we apologize. Do you hear that though? With Peter here, he realizes he is at the feet of the, a man of God. He calls him Lord. He was a fisherman. Just a fisherman. Alright, so what was Peter's amazing life that he was living? Catching fish. God uses ordinary common people like a shepherd, like a fisherman, like a widow named Tabitha, like a slave named Onesimus to serve His purpose. Look at... Acts chapter 4, verse 13, our final, final verse. This is when Peter and John had been arrested. Peter gives this powerful speech in front of the Sanhedrin, I believe. Um, yeah, verse 5, uh, rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together. Um, verse 13 then says, Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated, and untrained men. They were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Being holy means that you come into the presence of Jesus and He sets you apart from what is common ordinary things and He sets you in motion as He saves you from your sins he puts you online to serve His purpose. And that is a beautiful thing. Uneducated, untrained. They've been with Jesus because they've been changed. Jesus has changed them. And I encourage you to think about being a holy hero. Being like these common, everyday, ordinary people who 
decided that they were willing to submit to God and serve His purpose. Be a holy hero. Serve God's purpose every day. If you've forgotten about that passion that you once had or you want to develop that passion, you just start digging into God's Word. you be surrounding yourself with God's people. you be listening and taking notes perhaps during our sermons. You, uh, during our communion feast as we're preparing here, when we have this feast, you make sure that your mind is centered on Christ and you're asking yourself, am I serving Him with every every ounce of energy that I can possibly muster to serve him be a holy hero and if there's anybody here today who has, you've never given your life to Jesus you've never submitted to him you've never decided you're going to die to your own ways and live for Christ and serve his purpose in your life today's the day it's an opportunity for you to give your life to him do you believe in Jesus are you ready to serve him for the rest of your life Then confess his name and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The set-apart spirit is going to come and reside in you so that you can live according to God's ways forever. And when we fail, and we will, we have minor setbacks. Don't be like Moses and run. Just say, all right, God, let's start over, do this again. Please forgive me. Help me get on the right track. There's anybody who needs to respond to the call of the gospel and give your life to Jesus, I encourage you to do it. Do it today. Get a hold of us. Let us know. Anybody here will help you in that regard. And now we're going to turn our minds and our thoughts to the one who has saved us and set us apart, Jesus Christ, at this table.